Welcome back to Shnai Mikra, the OU podcast series on Parshat HaShavua. This is Menachem Liptag, and in today's share we begin our study of Parshat Re with Cohen, the first Aliyah. Before we begin our detailed study, one word of introduction to make sure we understand where we are in Sefer Dvarim. Recall that we are in the middle of a very long speech that Moshe Rabbeinu is delivering to the nation a month before his death. That speech began back in chapter 5 and will continue all the way to chapter 26. Parshat Re begins exactly in the middle of the speech, and let's explain why. This speech has two very distinct sections that we discussed in our Shurim in Parshat Ekev. The first section was called the Ham Mitzvah section, which dealt with attitude, the love of God, the fear of God, clinging to God. That began with the famous Shema Yisrael and Vahavta Tashem Elokecha, the first Parshat Kriyat Shema, and concluded with the second Parshat Kriyat Shema at the end of Parshat Ekev in Perikil Aleph. When that section concluded, Moshe promised the people that should they keep this Hamitzvah, in other words, should they keep this commandment of proper attitude, God will help them and assist them in conquering the land, and that's how Parshat Ekev concluded. The key section of the speech, which is called the Chukimu Mishpatim, the laws and the statutes, which will be the more detailed laws that Amisra must keep as they conquer the land, and after they conquer the land and establish a nation representing God, those are going to begin in several Psukim in chapter 12, and that will continue all the way to chapter 26. Our parsha begins with a little interlude between these two sections of the speech, where Moshe Rabbeinu begins a commandment which will only conclude after the speech is over in Parshat Kitavo in chapter 27. What is this interlude about? It's about a blessing and curse which Amisro is going to receive as a nation on Harival, which is a mountain near Shechem. And the basic idea of this commandment is that after Amisro crossed the Jordan River, they need to relive the events of Mamad Har Sinai. In other words, the entire nation is going to gather at a mountain which is rather barren compared to its surrounding. On that mountain, they're going to study the words and the laws of this Torah that Moshe is teaching now before his death. They're going to review those laws and teach them on Harival. As these laws are being taught, there will also be sacrifices of Elot and Shlamim, just like what happened at Har Sinai. Recall as well that the very first line of Moshe Rabbeinu's speech back in chapter 5 began with Shema Yisro Tachukim Vetamishpatim Asher Nochi Dover Moshe told the people, listen to these Chukim Mishpatim that I'm going to speak and tell you today and you have to learn them and keep them. Before he got to those Chukim Mishpatim, we had this entire Hamitzvah section. Now we're finally getting to the most important part of the speech. And this important section called the Chukim Mishpatim is going to be surrounded by the details of the ceremony that's going to take place in Harival. The introduction to that ceremony will be the first several psukim of Parshat And when the speech is over, in chapter 27, we're going to find more details in regard to how that covenant and ceremony is supposed to take place. So let's begin Parshat We're in Parakir Aleph, chapter 11 of Sefer Dvarim, Pasuk Chavav, verse 26. Re'e, Moshe tells the people to see, which means to understand. I'm putting before you today a blessing and a curse. What's this idea of a blessing and a curse? At bracha, the blessing that you will receive, Asher tishmu, a mitzvot Adonai Eloichem, when or should you follow and keep these commandments of Hashem your God, Asher onochim etchem ayom, that I, Moshe Rabbeinu, am commanding you today on behalf of God, should you keep these laws, you will receive a blessing. Baklala, the curse that you will receive, im lo tishmu a mitzvot Adonai Eloichem, if you don't follow and obey the commandments of Hashem your God, should you go astray from the way that I'm commanding you today? 
ללכת אחרי אלוהים אחרים אשר לא ידעתם. Should you choose to follow instead other gods, gods you do not know or have a relationship with, that will bring a curse. Now in Pasach Haptet, in verse 29, we're going to find where this ceremony is going to take place, where the nation will receive this blessing and the curse pronounced by the Levites when they gather at Harival. Vahaya, it shall come to pass. Ki yaviyacha Adonai Elohecha el ha'aretz ashrata v'ashama l'rishta when Hashem will bring you to the land that you're going there to conquer and inherit, the Levites will be giving the blessing, as again we'll find the details in chapter 27 in Parshat Kitavo, the Levim will face the tribe standing on Har Grizim with the blessing, and those standing on Harival with the curse. That doesn't mean that the tribe standing on Harival will be cursed, and those tribes standing on Har Grizim will be blessed, but rather, they will face those two mountains when they deliver the blessing and the curse to all the tribes. The reason for this most likely is because Har Grizim is a very fruitful mountain with luscious green trees and represents growth and blessing, where Harival, in contrast, Har Grizim is more desolate. Therefore, we look at Harival and say, this is what your entire land might look like if you don't follow my laws. We can look at Har Grizim and say, this is what the entire land will look like if you do follow my laws. Now, Moshe Rabbeinu must give the people directions where to find these two mountains. Halohema be'ever hayardain are not these two mountains found on the other side of the Jordan, after the way or the road, where the sun sets, in other words, towards the west, in the land of the Canaanites, the Canaanites who were dwelling in the Arava, opposite the site of Gilgal, which is in the Arava, in the Jordan River Valley, opposite that, where Avram Avinu first came to, when he arrived at Shechem, as we learned in the beginning of Parshat Lech Lecha. If we relate to the geography and topography of the land, it's quite easy to understand why this site was chosen. If Amisar was going to cross the Jordan River, a little north of Yericho, and set up camp in the area called the Gilgal, if you're in the Jordan Valley, north of Yericho, and you want to go to Shechem, there's a very wide and central valley called Nachal Tirza, named after one of the five daughters of Sofhad, which flows from Har Grizim and Harival, past an area called Jabal Kabir today, the mountain where the modern-day Yishuv of Elon Morez, and that valley flows all the way down to Bikat Herdain, to the Jordan River Valley, and meets the Jordan River at a site which is called nowadays Gesher Adam, or the Adam Crossing of the Jordan River. Therefore, if Am Yisrael has to travel as a nation from the Gilgal to go to the area of Shechem, Targrizim and Harival, it's a very easy walk going through Nachal Tirza. There aren't any mountains to climb until you get to Harival itself. You're in a slow ascent up the valley. Also, in that valley, there's water most of the year, and therefore, it would be a very logical place to have this ceremony and a very easy place to get to if we have to take the entire nation with the women and children. Now that Moshe is introduced where this blessing and curse will be given at the same time that the laws will be taught, now we're going to get the details of the laws themselves as he now explains in Pasek Lamed Aleph, in verse 31. Because now you are about to cross the Jordan River to come and conquer the land, the land which Hashem, your God, is going to give to you, you are commanded to conquer the land and settle the land. After conquering the land, then then you must keep all these statutes and laws that I'm going to teach you now today. And finally, Moshe is going to begin in chapter 12, which is the next Pasuk, with the laws that they have to keep once they conquer the land and set up their society. Pasuk Aleph in chapter 12. 
These are the Chukim Mishpatim that you must keep and do. In the land that God is giving you as your inheritance, all the days that you're going to be living in this land, these are the laws you have to keep in the land. Law number one is going to be to destroy all the places of idol worship that may remain after the conquest is complete. Pasuk Bet. Totally destroy all the places where the other nations were serving their gods. The land and the places that you are going to conquer. All these places of worship which are on the high mountains and on the hills and below every luxuriant tree. You should take apart all their altars. And you must smash down all of their pillars. And their Asherah gods you must burn with fire. And chop down or cut down any of the idols of their gods. And totally destroy or wipe out the reputation of these gods or the names of these gods from that place that you're conquering. In order to establish the reputation of the one and only God of all mankind, Amisor must wipe out any remnant of idol worship. Therefore, the first commandment is to wipe out the reputation and names of those idols and those other gods from the land. And now, in their place, we're going to establish one central place of worship, Pasuk Dalit. You should not do this to your God. One way to understand this, as Rashi brings down, is do not destroy an altar made for your God. Only destroy places of worship of their gods, but not your God. But most commentators say that should be rather obvious. And therefore, the other direction Rashi brings down is that this is a commandment not to worship our God like they worship their gods. They worship their gods in multiple places, on all the high hills and the high places. Instead, we only worship our God in one central place, as the next Pasuk will come and explain. Instead, only worship God in the one place that God will choose from all your tribes to put His name or His reputation there. Look for that place. Look for God's Shekhinah and you will come there. Moshe Rabbeinu is giving direction now how to find the one site that God will want Am Yisrael to build his permanent temple. Moshe tells him, you look for the place and you'll find it. The main law that's coming through in these Tzukim is the idea that we're going to serve God only in one central place once things settle down and conquest is over as opposed to serving Him in multiple places. Pasuk Shama once you establish this place, which will make God's name known, there you have to bring all of your offerings, your burnt offerings, and your shlamim, here referred to as vachim, and all the tithes that you need to bring, your masrot, any truma or wave offering that you bring, most likely this is referring to the bikurim that Amisra has to bring, or possibly the truma that the Kohanim have to receive, any vow that you should make, should you take upon yourself to bring a korban? Or should you say a specific animal is going to be a korban? A neder or a nedavah? And also, there you must bring the firstborn of your cattle and of your sheep. The detail here is that you bring these sacrifices only to this place and nowhere else. Pasuk Zayin, verse 7. There you should eat in front of Hashem your God. There you should become happy with all your endeavors whenever you celebrate before God. That will be the place of national and personal celebration, you together with your households. 
However, God may bless you with your produce, whatever is good in the land, and you want to thank Him, that should be the central place of celebration. Pasachet. Lo tasun kecho asher anachno osim po hayom ish kol hayashar benav. You should not do like everything that we're doing here today, each person as he wishes. Here in the desert, there was no obligation to bring sacrifices such as the firstborn of your cattle or to bring the masros from the land because those obligations only begin once the land is conquered and settled. So in the desert, a person could bring a korban whenever he wanted, but he didn't have to. He was never commanded to bring a korban. If he wanted to, he could. When you come in the land, there are going to be many times when you have to bring a korban. And therefore, Moshe tells them that things are going to change once you conquer the land. It won't be like the desert now, where you can bring whenever you want, but you don't have to. When you come to the land of Israel, there will be certain times of the year that you have to bring korbanot to God, and you must bring them to this one central place. Pasuk Tet, verse 9, Because you have not yet come, Elam Nukha to the rest from battle. And Nachala, the inheritance of the land, which Hashem, your God, is going to give you. However, when you do conquer the land and settle it, you're going to cross the Jordan River, and you'll dwell in the land that Hashem is going to inherit for you. Hashem will give you rest from all your enemies around, and you will dwell securely. Then, I'm going to go one pasuk into Sheni to continue the flow. Then, There, at that place, there you're going to bring all the sacrifices that I'm commanding you to bring. You don't have to bring them in the desert, but once you conquer the land and establish this one central place for worship, then you will be obligated to bring them to that one central site. This theme of Hamakoma Sharif Harashem Nashakin Shmosham, the place that God is going to choose for his name or reputation to dwell, that's going to be the central theme in the next Aliyah, and it's going to be a recurring theme throughout Moshe Rabbeinu's speech in Sefer Tvarim. The reason for that is very simple. If the purpose for why God chose Avram Avinu to become the forefather of a nation was to become a nation representing God, then it makes sense that the central shrine is going to be a Beit HaMikdash, a temple, whose purpose will be to make God's name known. We don't describe the Beit HaMikdash as a temple here. We describe it by its purpose. Again, Hamakom, the place that God is going to choose to make His name known. By calling this place by its function, as opposed to by its name or by its place, its purpose will be fulfilled. And Amisar must always remember that the purpose of that Beit HaMikdash, to make God's name known, must always be kept. Therefore, how the nation acts in that place, as Moshe will detail the commandments that will guide their behavior, in the next several chapters, that will be more important than the actual sacrifices that the nation will bring to the temple. We'll continue this topic tomorrow with our study of Sheni, the second Aliyah.